It's your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Saturday. Uh, Inside the Gamecocks podcast special episode here. J.C. Sherbert here with you. Um, I'm going to continue to review the 2020 recruiting class um, going by position. That's kind of what I like to do. Of course, you can look back through our episodes and see what Tony and I did on signing day. Um, when we went through it, he kind of gave his take on everybody. Um, took a little while to kind of get uh, to this point because you wait, you wait on Jordan Birch, you know, <laughs> to complete the D-line class. Uh, waiting on Jacari Caldwell, Zaquandre White. Zaquandre White? I have trouble saying that. I, I really do. I, I mean, I, I'm usually not bad with names once I say it a couple of times, but – that's one's going to, you know, Z White. Uh, I can't say Z White because people think I'm talking about Zamir, who plays for Georgia. Uh, so Zaquandre White is going to be a difficult one for me to say. But he wasn't in the boat. So we got D-line, we got wide receiver tight ends, and running backs left to do. Um, I'm going to talk about my favorite position, the D-line, today. Um, and then I'll have a offensive, probably wide receiver tight ends is what I'm looking at for tomorrow and then we've taught running backs a lot so next weekend look for the running back bonus episode actually uh and i'll go ahead and tell you this since um you know we don't really have hard and fast rules here on the inside the game cost podcast uh, i talked to some sources about the running back position the other day and um marshawn lloyd everything he's cracked up to be uh they think he has a chance to be special so far uh, a lot of good feelings about Kevin Harris in terms of uh, if he can stay healthy, he could be a guy. And then Deshaun Fenwick, I think I've mentioned this too. Uh, there's some good vibes from him, you know, making a new step. Uh, and then, of course, you have White coming in and Rashad Amos. But we're going to talk about the D-line today. Uh, like I said, my favorite position always, but when I was an evaluator, uh, did a really good job. Uh, with this spot specifically and um, linebackers will will be included here since you've only got two linebackers and there was only going to be one so front seven talk today got to talk with I mean you got to start with Birch and you know really because of what the way his recruitment sort of unfolded uh, a very talked about player uh, I think a lot of the opinions on him from fans uh, in all fan bases, sort of ebbed and flowed by whether or not, um, you know, the Gamecocks or the Tigers or the Bulldogs or whoever were going to get him. Uh, you know, I, I said that uh, when 24-7 Sports dropped him to 17th in the country, I was fine with that. I understand that, you know, adjustment that was made. Uh, I think they probably should have made it based on uh, body of work and, and probably made it, you know, maybe do it sooner before the all-star games and then see how he performs there and move him back up. Uh, Cause I do think he p- played really well at Under Armour. Um, yeah. Had trouble getting off some blocks, stuff like that. But level of competition is always an issue with, with guys uh, in terms of how fast they can get there. Now, some guys, um, get there fast, you know, even if they have a poor level of competition in high school. Um, and th- that's not his fault. You know, Jordan Birch and Alex Huntley both come from Hammond. 
at offers from everybody in the country. So obviously college coaches, you know, aren't too worried about it. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times it's just, you know, the fact is different guys get better at different times or develop at different times. Uh, but the key is, is how quickly you can do it. Um, you know, and, and that depends on the individual. But the bottom line is, when you are from a school that doesn't play good competition, that, that means there is going to be an adjustment that takes place. Um, and it's going to be a significant one. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, you go to IMG, you're practicing against some of the best players in the country every day. You know, there's a, you're a little bit more used to it on a day-in and day-out basis. Uh, there's an adjustment for everybody, but but there is a larger adjustment for players that, you know, play at uh, smaller schools. The time it takes to make that adjustment, though, is up to the individual. And Jordan Burt, certainly, you know, the light can come on quick. I mean, <clears throat> look, I say this all the time. Jeb Devy and Clowney did not start as a true freshman. You know, South Carolina had some really good players. But he did not start as a true freshman. Now, a lot of guys don't. Uh, and, and Clowney played, you know, 4A, 5A football in South Point. Really good program. Um, and, you know, Clowney came in immediately uh, and from game two and made an impact. You know, could Jordan Birch do that? I don't know. Uh, I think in terms of schedule of playing, in other words, like, how often does he play? You know, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, something like Clowney did his freshman year would, would be fine. Clowney backed up some guys. You had Melvin Ingram. They would slide inside and bring Clowney in off the edge. It was a different defensive system then. Um, I think Burge is going to slim up best he can uh, and try to give it a go at Buck or defensive end. Um, I think he's a natural pass rusher. He's very athletic. Um, could he get bigger? Yes. Could he stay lean? Yes. Um, a good player comparison for him, um, if he gets bigger, I think it's Chris Jones, who we ranked really high out of high school, uh, who went to Mississippi State and plays for the Chiefs now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if he doesn't get bigger, player comparison, I don't know. You know, you could be 265, 270, be a heck of a defensive end. Um it all depends on sort of his uh, <clears throat> body type, you know, that type of deal um, and, and how he grows. And, and that's hard to predict. That's hard to predict. But uh, certainly the talent isn't there. I mean, so, so, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Certainly the talent is there. Um, and the raw ability of him, uh, I, I think, is tremendous. You know, I think – you look at him and Zach Pickens and J.J. Enigbare and, you know, some of these guys that still have some years to play on the defensive line, and, and there's a lot to work with. You still need more. Um, I've said often that, you know, the, the defensive line at South Carolina this year in 2020 is probably going to be, you know, a coaching job for Tracy Rocker just because, you know, you lost Josh Belk. And you lost Jakeem Green on the inside. You know, those are two big guys on the inside that, you know, should have been there. When you're planning a couple of years ago, you know, those guys should have been there. Josh Bell gives up the game. Jakeem Green could not get in. He goes someplace else. And, and you know, th- those are those are your guys that are gone. And you lost Kobe Smith. Um, he's gone. You lost Javon Kinlaw. He's gone. 
And so on the interior, you know, there, there's going to be some coaching up that needs to be done with guys like Devontae Davis and Jabari Ellis. Um, bringing in Makia Scott, can he be ready? You know, that type of thing on the interior. And Jordan Birch probably won't be on the interior, but he's a guy that they have to kind of get rolling. Um, so you always need more. But I, I do think that when you look at kind of the talent they've got, you know, this could be a, this could be the start of something right now, you know, as far as all that goes. Alex Huntley, I think uh, you know, he is a definite interior guy. Uh, I think he's a player that, you know, just like Birch, it just kind of depends. How are you going to, you know, how is it going to go? You know, how, are, uh, how soon are you going to be able to make the adjustment and are you going to be able to cover that much ground considering it's a wider adjustment? Now, I thought in the Army game, well, it's not the Army game anymore, it's the All-American game, the one in San Antonio, I thought he held his own. So did Birch. You know, so these guys could be ready. You know, Boogie Huntley could be ready to roll and give them snaps in year one, which I think would be huge. Um, another guy that's going to need development is Taka Hemingway. Uh, I know that John Scott Jr. Is very, was very excited about him. Uh, I'm sure Tracy Rocker will be too. Uh, he's a guy whose weight's fluctuated, but he's a ball player. You know, sometimes you overthink things when you evaluate. You know, oh, well, he ran poorly, or oh, well, he did this. And you just discount the fact the guy's a three-sport athlete, um, hasn't trained year-round for football, and his film in football's damn good. I mean, you look, you turn on the film, I mean, the, the tape doesn't lie. Um, and Conway's not – you know, struggling to play decent competition down there in the Grand Strand. So, uh, you know, and his brother was an NFL football player. Uh, so I, I think with Taka, you know, he's a guy that may just end up being a ball player. You know, we may never, you know, you may never sit there and get a bunch of hype, and then you look out and he's a three-year starter and really, really well. And, and he's one of these that you talk about that you sort of sit there and think, well, and I mentioned this, I think, on the Friday episode, well, you know, we may not talk about Tonka Hemingway too much next year, but 2021, 2022, we may be talking about him more than we're talking about some of the other guys that were on the field that maybe we thought, well, they're a little ahead of him just because, you know, it's all about development. And this is another reason when I look at these three guys, um, and let's take Birch out of it because Birch may be playing for Mike Peterson. In fact, I, I think starting out he's going to be. Uh, Alex Huntley, Tonka Hemingway, uh, we'll throw Makius Scott in there too, uh, kid out of Gainesville, Georgia. You know those three D tackles; those are guys Tracy Rocker will be able to flat out coach up. Uh, like I said, we may not see it this year because sometimes it takes a couple of years with the big guys. But man, there's a lot of raw ability uh, here, and, it, and it's good upside. They're good upside guys too. They're all really athletic. Uh, they're all winners. They're all hard, hard workers. That kind of thing. Um, so, you know, particularly Huntley and Hemingway from within the state, you know, you have to think that good things are ahead uh, for them. Um, I mentioned Scott. You know, this is a kid out of Gainesville, Georgia, home of Deshaun Watson and Blake Sims uh, over the years. They had a women's basketball player, Tasha Humphrey, that was really good uh, to come out of Gainesville. Um, some other guys, too, uh, that have played at various schools. Um. So yeah, uh, you know he he's a guy. South Carolina hadn't gotten anybody uh, from Gainesville High School. Red Elephants, home of the Red Elephants. I, I used to live there. That's why I know all about Gainesville on the shores of Lake Lanier. Um, 
I saw Scott at a Nike camp in Atlanta, and he was there with Jamil Burroughs, who ended up signing with Bama and was committed to Georgia, and also the Clemson Miles Murphy, who was playing in, so you didn't really compare those two. I thought compared to Burroughs, Scott, there was athletically in the drills no difference. Quickness, no difference. In fact, Scott looked a little bit bigger and bulkier. Now, Burroughs, of course, had a bigger offer sheet and all that, and I think Burroughs has better film in pads. Uh, but I think Tracy Rocker, when you look at what he could possibly do with Scott, um, you know, get him in there, coach him up. And I think Oregon saw this in him, too, when they flew him out to Eugene for a visit and tried to flip him. Um, you know, I, I think he's got some upside. You know, he, he's a guy, a lot of times, big guys on defense, you've got to get them to play lower and with better leverage. Because um, it's hard, you know, when you're big guys, you know, bending and squatting and getting low, low man wins kind of deal. That's one of the things uh, uh, Kier Thomas is really good at, uh, by the way. And he'll be back next year, too. But um, I, I think that when, uh, when you look at Scott on film and what he needs to work on as a player, other than just your normal get in better shape, get in the college weight program, get it rolling, uh, I think that, you know, that low deal, playing lower every snap. Uh, and that's something, obviously, you know, when you have a coach like Tracy Rocker or John Scott or whoever, that's kind of fundamental uh, when you're talking about the D-line. I've only seen a few defensive line coaches in college football that didn't really emphasize that, and those guys aren't very good defensive line coaches, to say the least. Uh, so good, another good group. And, and then – you know, what What I like to do sometimes, you know, I'll throw it back here to 2019. Um, and I did the uh, the average, for those of you that follow star ratings and stuff like that, average star rating for high school defensive line prospects heading to South Carolina last two cycles, 0.9229. That's, that's just, just as good as Auburn or, or anybody. Auburn, Alabama, you know, Alabama, Clemson may be a little higher, but it's uh, it's like 0.93 or 4. So that, 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 numerically, for those of you that are shooting for the, the numbers there, that's pretty good. You know, and you throw that on top of you, got Zach Pickens, who played a lot last year um, in 2019. Joe Anderson redshirted. Rodriguez Fitton's a buck. He redshirted. Devontae Davis broke his foot, so he had to, you know, sit out uh, with an injury. So those four guys, and Davis was a JUCO guy, so when you're doing the calculations, don't do him. But – you know, that's another good group. And you got young players uh, from 2018, like Sandage and Enigbare, who who should come on this year, you know, um, along with your veterans like Aaron Sterling, Care Thomas, who I mentioned earlier. So I, yeah, D-line looking pretty good, uh, I think. I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to be dominant, but I, I think it's looking pretty good now and in the future. So that's a positive thing there. Linebacker, um, and everybody talks about linebackers all the time, the need for linebackers. I, I thought the linebackers this past season played good. Well, T.J. Brunson probably didn't do as well as I thought he would do at, at the will position. Um, you know, but Ernest Jones was playing so good at the mic. You know, they're just trying to get their best players on the field. I thought Sherrod Green going back to Sam was an extreme positive. Uh, I think that's kind of his game. Um, I thought Jamar Brown showed some good spots, good things in spots. Rosendo Lewis, of course, redshirted. 
Um, Damani Staley continues to be a guy that can count on for depth and some snaps. Um, this year, you know, you had to go. You know, the, the big emphasis when the recruiting process was having was go get going and getting good linebackers. And the, the Gamecocks surprisingly got Mohamed Kaba from Clinton, North Carolina. Uh, beat NC State on him. A lot of people thought he was heading to NC State. Crystal Ball certainly said, Wolfpack. Uh, Gamecocks got him and kept him committed. He was an All-American. Um, did not play in the All-American game in San Antonio. But certainly, you know, big, lean guy that will strike you and that can run. I mean, you're looking at a guy that's going to be probably 6'3", 225, 230. By the time – you know, his career's done at South Carolina uh, that'll be able to go hit you. I mean, he's not afraid to hit. And that's very important with linebackers, as we all know. Um, you know, I, I mentioned him as one of the guys that I think will will see the field if he's healthy this year. He's got to, I mean, his recovery goes as planned. You know, he's back around July, gets through. I mean, I, th- I think he can make some things happen. Um, but, boy, he's he's got a lot of talent. Even if he's special teams and kind of just plays in spurts this year, uh, he's got a lot of ability. Uh, big-time player out of North Carolina. Um, consensus four-star guy per composite. Quite frankly, uh, I think some people, you know, slept on him a little bit because uh, he committed early and you never heard about him. But um, he's a really good player. And uh, – a really good get out of North Carolina during a time where, you know, UNC kind of reasserted itself up there and NC State, you know, was Des Kitchings, who we've all talked about, was used to getting guys like that. So that's a, that's a heck of a guy. Uh, I'm talking about Eric Shaw with offense for right now because he's an offensive guy for right now. But certainly either at Buck or linebacker, I could see him – really being outstanding uh, there if he wanted to make the move. Well, the next linebacker guy is a guy that's sort of built like Muhammad Kaba, 6'4", 215. Gilbert Edmond from Fort Pierce Westwood, uh, home of Khalil Mack. I've, I've kind of let everybody know. He was a signing day guy that just they sent a letter of intent and they got him. Um, was a guy they just continued to evaluate, really liked on film, liked the way he played in space. They wanted another linebacker. You know, here's the guy that fits the mold. And, and look, every school in the country takes flyers on guys. I don't care who you are. Alabama took the linebacker out of Conway a couple of years ago. Remember that? Everybody was really surprised, you know. Uh, and he's playing. So, you know, don't, don't just count this guy out because he was the last one in the boat. Look at the film. Um, flipped him from South Florida. Uh, you know, I, I think that depending on how big he gets and his uh, transition to project to play in space, uh, he can be a pretty good one. Um, he's going to take a little while because he played mostly with his hand down. But, uh, heck, I, I think this is a guy that can make some things happen um, athletically. Now, there's been guys like that that don't make it, and, and so I'm not guaranteeing this guy's going to be an all-star. Uh, I'm saying athletically with the tools he has in place – you project him out on film. I understand the take, uh, and I can see where it would work out. You know, I, I think that um, players are players, and players develop at different times. And, you know, this was obviously a guy that was not just on South Carolina's radar. He was on a lot of radars late because he had a good senior year. And sometimes these guys end up being really good. Gary Patterson, 
used to make a living out of guys like this at TCU. Because he would let everybody else go get the top guys that they thought in Texas. Then he'd watch senior film, sign four or five guys that were senior risers, and they would end up being better in a lot of cases than the known quantities or the known entities uh, at the time. So Gilbert Edmond, that's a guy I really kind of like. So I think that it's uh, – I think it's a uh, – it's a worthy take, if you will. So D-line linebackers, uh, you know, we'll see kind of how all that goes. You know, like I said, I like to go back to 2019 and kind of look. Uh, you look at linebacker position for 2019. They already lost one guy, Derek Boykins. He, he stayed for a little bit and left and went to Charlotte. But Jamar Brown is very promising, and I would anticipate him playing a whole lot next year out of St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, and I would have thought that would have been the opposite. You know, I like Jamar Brown. I love Derek Boykins. Um, Boykins just wasn't wasn't feeling it. wasn't a good fit. So he went home, and now he's playing for Charlotte. So we'll kind of see how all that goes. But um, you know, I think that uh, the linebacker spots in good shape. You got Rodriguez Wilson now coaching it. Um, Will Muschamp. Uh, going to help coach that but not have a single position. Mike Peterson also coaches some linebacker spots. So um, we'll see kind of how all these guys fit in. But the front seven, uh, very good-looking group. Um, And this has been the Saturday recruiting special. Told you guys I'd make it up to you since I missed some last week. Again, no show Monday going to the XFL. I'll have a little uh, recruiting uh, position breakdown for you, ready to go on Sunday morning. Uh, so you'll have some Gamecock content to listen to. Um, the Sunday show, you know, I'm not going to reference basketball, obviously, because I'm pre-recording it and it won't be, uh, you know, I won't know the outcome of the game. All right, this has been a recruiting special for ITG Daily. This is J.C. Sherbert. Have a great Saturday, everybody.